Um, Genesis chapter number 50. Uh, let's turn our Bibles there tonight. The blessed King James Bible. Let's turn them there and uh, we'll find our text to the night. And um, I, I believe this will be, um, this is not going to be my last message. And I'm going to preach one more. I told you that to begin with, but I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to preach one more message, I believe, out of out of out of this chap out of this um, series of messages that we have preached, and um, I, I, but right now I, we're going to preach the next to the last. I guess that would put us right at 27. This this would be 27 uh, sermons that have been preached out of the series of Joseph. Um, the life of Joseph is what it's titled, and the life of Joseph. And so, uh, I'd like to read our text tonight, and we're not going to read all the way through. Um, I thought we were, and you know, I actually tried to compile two messages into one and preach them, but I said, Lord, we'll be there forever. And so, I broke the comp- compilation back up and said, we'll just preach it in two for your sake and for my sake. And so that's what we'll do tonight, and, and so it's not going to be a two-part message or anything, um, but I'm going to preach you a simple thought tonight, even in the end, but God. Even in the end, comma, it's got to have that comma in it, because if it doesn't have that comma, that doesn't give that pause of even in the end, but God. Even in the end, but God. Think on those things. Stand to your feet. Let's read our scripture tonight. Verse 15. The Bible says, we've preached through verse 14. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 50, 50 and verse 15. And when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us and will certainly requite us all the evil which we've done in him. Bring them back up. He's going to bring it back up. Um, And they sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, they being their brethren, The father did command before he died, saying, So shall ye say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren, and their sin, for they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. Now, I want to pause. Can we take a time out for just a second? Now, we've went through all the life of Joseph. We went through all the life of Jacob besides uh, up to a certain extent. And do you know, do you know that I never read that in the Bible? Everybody know that? Everybody with me right now? Did everybody know that I never read what he just said the Father said in the Bible? Now, now, I, I, according, uh, uh, with the authority of the King James Bible, I can say he didn't say it from my opinion. But we know everything that Jesus did isn't recorded in the King James Bible. So he might have said it. But what we know is that he did not say what they said. So it could be a lie, right? Could be. Not saying it is, not saying it isn't. But all I'm letting you know is according to the authority of the word of God is those words are not there. And he said, I pray thee now, forgive I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren. And another thing I want to hit on that. Why didn't he tell Joseph? Right? If he would have said it, why wouldn't he have told Joseph? This isn't in my notes or anything. Why wouldn't he have told Joseph? 
Verse 18, And his brethren also went and fell down before his face. And they said, Behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I the place of, in the place of God? But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. To bring to pass, and it is this day to save much people alive. Now therefore fear ye not. I'll nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. Joseph dwelt in Egypt, he in his father's house, and Joseph lived a hundred and ten years old. You can sit You can sit down. Thank you for standing tonight. I'm, I'm very thankful for that. Lord, we love you. I pray, God, you'd bless this tonight. Direct me, lead my lips, help me, God. We need your help. In Jesus' name, amen. Here in our series, Joseph is getting ready to die. Okay? We're all on that, right? We understand Joseph is coming to the end of his life. And as we have looked over his life for the, for the past approximately 10 months, we've went over the series of Joseph. And for the approximately last 10 months, you know his life is a road, is a life uh, and a load of trials and tragedies and so many things go on in the life of Joseph. And it has been a road with many valleys and very few mountaintops, if you will, right? And we've seen the difficulty, difficult life that Joseph experienced as a young child. As his father gave him the coat of many colors as we know it. But then his brethren did what they did to him and bloodied it up and sent it back to the father. We understand that and we've seen the hatred and we've seen the cruelty of his brethren and and we've seen him then working as a slave uh, uh, and down there in Egypt and we've seen him thrown into the pit and then pulled out of the pit and then sold into slavery to Potiphar And then we've seen him falsely accused and then in prison. And then we've seen him in prison being abandoned and forgotten in that prison. And we've seen all those things. And I'm just recounting and and recapping exactly what we've seen. And we've, we've seen him being taken out of that prison and then put into a place of prestige and power and prominence and we've seen him put into that. And then we've seen as Joseph uh, was reunited with his brothers... We've seen him reunited not one time, but then a second time as they knew, third time as they knew him. Two times they did not know him, and then the third time they did know who Joseph was because Joseph revealed himself. And then uh, we've seen as God used uh, Joseph to bring his brethren to a place of repentance, and that was the third time. As he put the silver cup into the bag and you know how everything worked. Judah walked up and simply confessed everything and stood in the stead of the rest of those. And so we've seen all of those things in that and through every valley and through we've seen the highs, we've seen the lows, we've seen the ends and we've seen the outs of the life of Joseph and uh, through every valley and climbing every mountain uh, and everything, two things held true to me. Those two things are, Joseph was faithful to God and God was faithful to Joseph. Amen. 
Joseph was faithful to God, and God was faithful to Joseph. And I tell you, here's Joseph ends uh, nears the ending of his life. In these verses, as we read, he continues to display that exact same faith that he had in the pit and in the prison uh, and everything and in the place of prominence. The same exact faith that he had there, we see here in his parting words. And I tell you, tonight I'll be preaching on the simple thought, as I mentioned to you, even in the end, but God. Even in the end, but God. We can all say that tonight, can't we? I'm going to bring three points to you. I'll be done quickly if I can can get in that gear. But this might be the gear that the Lord wants me tonight. I want you to notice, number one, I want you to notice the past brother's sins. The past brother's sins. Sins. Verse number 15, the Bible tells us very clearly, And when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, uh, they said, Joseph, peradventure, hate us and require us, and you know all that, and uh, simply all, all the evil that we did unto him. He's going to bring everything back up that we done unto him. Uh, and they sent a messenger unto Joseph, and they, they said, Thy father did command all of this, and you ought to do this. And, and so Joseph, I, I forgive, I pray thee now, and, and that sort of stuff. And well, we, did, we did trespass against you, Joseph. Uh, we did do things against you, Joseph. Joseph, uh, and Joseph, his reaction to that was weeping. I cannot tell you why Joseph wept. But if I were to put my opinion on it, I believe the reason Joseph wept is because why would they believe that? Why would they believe that I had not forgotten about it and forgiven them? Why would they believe all of that? Why did they not take me at my word? I wonder if the Lord feels that way. Why did they not? Why did all of that? And I tell you, after the death of Joseph and after the brothers of Jacob, of Joseph, they're worried. They are dog worried. And they are, they remember all the terrible things that they did unto Joseph some years ago. And they remember how they hated him. And they remember how they cast him and they sold him into slavery. And they remember how they covered up his disappearance to his father. And they lied uh, and said that Joseph's dead, and uh, they remember these things, and they they and many other things. And here they are, and they get to this point, and they are rightfully fearing. You could preach on so many things when it comes to the typology of God, the fear of God. You could preach on the forgiveness of God. There's so many things you could preach on out of this text. But I tell you is that they are sure that since their father is dead now, uh, that they are going to be sought out and Joseph will get revenge on them. And I tell you, so what they do is they come up with a plan. They come up with a plan and they send Joseph, they send a messenger to Joseph and they, they want him to believe that Jacob left a word for him uh, to forgive them. Uh, and you, you know, uh, you know uh, when, when, Joseph, uh, when Joseph hears these words, uh, he weeps. Uh, and you know, I, I, you know, it was never in Joseph's heart to hold their past over their head. 
And I believe he had forgiven them from their transgression a long time ago. I believe he did. And as Joseph nears the end of his life, he can look back with a clear conscience. And we have no record that no one was harmed by Joseph, right? We have no record that no one ever, Joseph never held a grudge against anyone. Not one time in your King James Bible. He reminds his brethren here that he's not in the place of God. He reminds them, hey, I'm not in the place of God. And in other words, they need, to, they, they need not fear Joseph but with what they have done wrong, but they'll eventually face a higher judge. Amen. And that's what Joseph's saying to them there. And I tell you, as we pass through this life, friend, I tell you, is that there will be times when we will be hurt by the words and the actions of other people. And it is an absolute. Luke chapter 17, verse number 1. The Bible tells us, Then said he unto his disciples, Who's he? It's Jesus. It is impossible. It is impossible, but that offenses will come. But woe unto them from whom they come. That's what it says. And, and I tell you, friend, is that we will be hurt. And sometimes we'll be hurt bad. I mean deep. And we cannot help what others do to us. But what we can do is help, is do what we, how, excuse me, we can deal with how we respond to what they do to us. I tell you, when the hurtful words and the bad actions of others hurt us, we can, we really can only take two paths. Uh, and we can be angry, we can hold a grudge, we can seek revenge, uh, or, or we can forgive it and we can leave the matter in the hands of God. That's what we can do. Now, here, now, now, now here's the big question, what saith the Scripture? You lead by the Scripture, is that right? You live your life by the Scripture. And if you do, then here's what the Bible says. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 32, the Bible says, And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. He didn't forgive you for you. He forgave you for Him. Amen. I'm telling you, he's not, he doesn't do good things to you for you, but he does things just because that's an attribute of God. He's good. I mean, he's good. That's just what it is. And when I see people holding grudges, and when I see all of that, I question a heart. I think it's a heart problem more than it is a head knowledge or any of that. I think it's a heart problem. And you tell me, how can a person hold any type of grudge knowing what God did for them? Now you tell me, how could somebody uh, hold a grudge and one day we'll all leave this world uh, and are we prepared to leave it with a clear conscience towards others? Are we? Well, here's what you need to do. If you're the offending party and you've offended someone else, you need to go to them and you need to ask them for forgiveness. 
I'm giving you Bible here. You need to ask. I'm not. I'm not asking for an amen. I don't. I don't need one. But 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 I'm telling you the Bible here. Is what I'm saying is that you need to ask them for their forgiveness. And until you do, your relationship with God will not be what it could be. Not saying it will be exempt, but it will not be what it could be. Matthew chapter 5 verse 23, uh, the Bible says, Therefore, if thou bring thy gift uh, to the altar, uh, and there rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee, leave it there. Leave there thy gift before the altar. Don't pick it up and take it with you. Leave it before the altar and go thy way and first be reconciled to thy brother and then come and offer thy gift. You say, what's a gift? Is it my money? Is it what? No, it's your prayer. It's your prayer. If you are the offending party, then you ought to go to them and ask them for forgiveness. Secondly, I want you to think about this. If you are the offended party, if you are the offended party, you need uh, to take the matter before the Lord uh, and strive to reach a place of forgiveness. You need to reach a place of forgiveness and you'll never be happy in the Lord uh, and you'll never, you'll, your joy will never be as full as it can be uh, and you'll never be much used to Him uh, until you have forgiven those uh, who have wronged you. I don't know if this is anybody, but I mean, I'm feeling like preaching. Not because I feel like there's a stump or anything, I'm just saying I'm feeling like preaching. And I tell you, it may be that you will have to confront the person uh, and, you know, about their sin. You might have to do that. Luke chapter 17, verse number 3. Uh, and the Bible says, Take heed uh, unto yourselves. If thy brother trespass against you, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. That's what it says. That's straight King James Bible. And I tell you, Joseph did not sugarcoat what his brothers did to him. Uh, he never sugarcoated They had to go through a lot of torment because of it. Uh, he never sugarcoated it. He never did any of that. Uh, um, but it may be a help. Uh, with the, uh, It may have done any of that. He didn't do any of it. But with the help of God, uh, you can surely find forgiveness for that person that's wronged you. Either way, you need to deal with the issue before it deals with you. Amen, friend. It, it will absolutely drain the spiritual life out of you. Holding a grudge against somebody will absolutely drain the spiritual life about Joseph was getting ready to leave this world with a clean conscience towards others. Will you leave this world with a clean conscience towards others? I pray everyone will. Be like Jesus. If you're going to be like Jesus, you'll leave with a clear conscience. Amen. So we've seen the, the brother sins, the past brother sins. Then I want you to know, secondly, I want you to notice the provision brought by sovereignty. The Bible says in verse 20. The Bible says in verse 20, But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. Amen for that. To bring to pass, and as it is this day, to save much people alive. Now therefore, fear ye not. I will nourish you and your little ones. And, be, and, he, and, be, and he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. I tell you something, beloved. We haven't made it this far on our own. You ain't and I ain't. Amen. The, pro- the, pro- the providential hand of the Almighty God. I believe in providence. You believe in coincidence? 
uh, then you believe in providence. Simple as that. I mean, if you don't believe in providence, you, uh, it's just simple. The providential hand of the Almighty is upon us as well as it was upon Joseph. I believe there's a balance of all things, though. In Joseph's life, Joseph did not pretend that what his brothers did to him was not evil. It most certainly was. He knew the intent of their heart. After all, after all, he, he was there when they betrayed him and sold him as a slave, right? But Joseph saw deeper than their intentions were. And so, so in spite of what they were doing, God was doing something far more wonderful. It's the truth. Hold tight. We'll get there in a minute. God was doing something that's far more wonderful than, than, than He was doing, than they were doing. And I tell you is that, yes, they sinned against Joseph. And, and no, God didn't ordain that sin. If God ordained that sin, God would not be holy. Right? God wouldn't be holy. Because if God ordained sin, if God preordained sin, then God wouldn't be as holy as He says He is. And by the way, God's biggest attribute is holiness. Look through the book of Leviticus. That's all it talks about is the holiness of God. And so I tell you is that God was doing something far better. And, I, and God never ordained sin. But I believe God even used their sin to, to, to accomplish His, His eternal plan. I believe He did. Now from the pit all the way to the palace. I believe that God's plan did not change. Understand what I'm saying. God's plan never changed. Sometimes it took a detour, but it never changed. It never changed. And that's just what it is. And that you'll see it through the, I mean, we've seen it through the life of Judah. Remember the baby went through Judah to Jesus. It was not supposed to go through Judah. But it did. And God's plan didn't change, but it took a detour. You're getting what I'm saying now, right? It, it took a detour. And so, so Joseph looked back on 30 years of trials. Uh, he looked back on 30 years of triumph. Uh, and he acknowledges God's hand in every detail of his life. Uh, he said, you, uh, you thought it evil against me. Uh, but him, but God, meant it. For good, but God meant for good, and Joseph knows uh, that the hatred and every and and every detail of his life and betrayal uh, and slavery and imprisonment and the loneliness and the separation uh, and the lies uh, that, despite all of that, uh, God's plan still worked its way out, uh, and he ended in the palace. Uh, and here he is uh, at the end of his life. Uh, and he could say, even in the end, but God. Amen. 
God used the valleys, God used the victories, God used the trials, and God used the tragedies of Joseph's life to reach Joseph's brethren and to encourage Jacob to bring the children of Israel to Egypt to get them as close as God could unto the... I mean, he got them as close as he could to the promised land. I mean, the, the, they would step out their door and they could cross over the Red Sea. They were so close. He got them as far as he could from the mainstream Egypt where all the, all the people were against them. All the people were against the Israelites and all the people were against them in mainstream. But he put them in the farmlands all the way in the far side in Goshen uh, so they could get across and so they could get away. You're seeing what God did. That's what God did there. And, uh, and I'm telling you is that He literally used Joseph to save the world from famine. Tell me, friend, surely God, surely God meant it for good. Surely he did, and I believe tonight we can be sure of one thing. As we pass through this life, we can count on the fact that every valley and every victory is part of and will not change the plan that God has for us. I've said it many times, and you know and you could probably quote it, but God's will does not always get done. God's plan does not change. You with me? God's will, it doesn't make it mean less powerful that His will doesn't get done. But He gives us a will. Right? God's plan can't change. God's will never gets, uh, does not always get done. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Is that right? So what is God... He's not willing that any should perish. So you tell me, if somebody says God's will always gets done. He said He's not willing that any should perish. Are people perishing at the moment? Perishing and they're going to hell. What's perishing? It's the opposite of eternal life. It's forever gone. And God's will, I'm telling you, friend, does not always get done. But his plan will not change. Thank God for that, Amen. Thank God for that. And I tell you, is that I, I you know, I, that 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 that's his promise. Is that he does all things for good to them that love God, for your good. You know, it's for your good, but it's for His glory. It's the truth. It's the truth. I believe we would have to admit that. That we like the victory more than we like the valley. I believe we'd all like to admit that. And we like the church more full than we like it low. Uh, and we like the good days more than we like the bad days. And, and here is the question that comes to mind. Are we will, will, willfully, uh, are we willing to joyfully uh, serve Jesus even in those low times? Hard times. Are we uh, willing to joyfully endure life, uh, everything that life throws at us, knowing that God can still gain glory from it? The hard times. My brethren, count it all joy. The Bible goes together. 
Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. When you fall into all kinds of temptations. Uh, when you fall into everything. Uh, when you fall into it, count it all joy. Because it works patience. Amen. I tell you, we need to accept the Lord's will too, by the way. We need to accept His will. And we should always want to be in God's will. I mean, I mean, when we pass through this, this hard, the hard place of life, it's easy to forget that God is still in control. It's easy to forget that, that, that things are, are, are tough sometimes. It's easy to forget that God's still good. It's easy to forget all that. It's easy to forget that He's still God. It's easy to forget all those things. But I tell you, remember, no matter what takes place for this church, for this church, if we stay in His will, God means it. Amen. We see the past brother's sins. We see the provision brought by the sovereign. Lastly, we see the, this is for alliteration's sake, but it's not pushing it much, the peak back of a servant. Joseph was a servant. The peak back. He seems like he looks back, verse 22. doesn't say he looks back. understand that. But I think if Joseph were to look down at this verse and he were to be able to read it, he would look back at everything. And Joseph dwelt in Egypt, he and his father's house. Joseph lived 110 years. When you think of Joseph reading this, he would look back and he would think of 110 years of the things and the goodness of God. You think so? The peak back. I believe that after a long and after a productive life, the time was at its end. And it's not there yet, but it is right there. And I believe Joseph could do a few things with that. I believe he could look at the past and thank God. The Bible says, and Joseph lived 110 years. Is that what it says? Add our verse. I believe he could look and thank God for his provision, for his providence, and for his protecting hand through all of this stuff. From the pit to the palace, he could thank God for those things. Don't you think so? And I don't know about you, but I sure could do the same thing, amen. I've never made it to a palace. My home's not a castle. There's none of those things. But when I look back over 25 years, I can say, thank you, God, for your provision for my family. Thank you, God, for your providential hand uh, because God if it weren't for you I'd be playing baseball right now uh, but God you got me where you wanted to uh, and here I am uh, and thank you God for protecting me through it all Amen. I believe Joseph could do that I believe you look at the past and thank God I believe you could look at the present and thank God the Bible says and Joseph dwelt in Egypt in his father's house that's good I don't know about you but I remember back when Joseph could not be talked about when it comes to his father's house. The only thing that at his father's house, if the name Joseph was brought up, was dead. But here he is looking back and thinking about it. And he's sitting in Egypt. And Joseph dwelt in Egypt, he and his father's house. I'm telling you, friend. They were together again. He was about to see the... He was able to see the final years of his father. He was able to see the many years with his brethren safe. He was able to seemingly be in unity with them. And he could surely thank God for that. 
And I, I believe you and I could do that today too. I believe we could tonight. I believe we could do that. Just look around. Just look around. We could thank God. What can we thank God for now? I've, I've probably said it before and I, I misquote it sometimes. But some, something I read one time said, what if you only had tomorrow what you thank God for today? What would you have? I'm telling you, I, I believe we could say that because I believe we could thank God for our church, right? I believe we could thank God for our family. I believe we could thank God for salvation. I, I believe we could thank God for the Bible that you hold in your hand. Amen. We could thank God for eternal salvation. Not just salvation. What about the life God give us? I mean, I mentioned it. I think it was this morning I mentioned it. Now, now God gave us, and the Bible says that for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's life that was, it's just, it's just not going to end, right? But then, not only did He give us everlasting life, but He gave us the very life of God. The eternal life. Next verse tells us that in verse 17. And he gave us eternal life. Now, now what is eternal life? Well, ter- eternal life is something uh, that has no beginning and no end. Something never stops. You say, well, my life had a beginning. Yes, it did exactly, but God's didn't. And he gave us that very life. You know you'll never have to worry about dying. Now, I'm not talking about your mortal soul. I'm your mortal body, okay? I'm, not, I'm, talking, I'm talking about your, your, your life. And I understand what the Bible says. You know, it says over there, and I'm just a small rabbit, I'm going to catch it. First Thessalonians, uh, the Bible tells us in chapter 4, I think it's verse 17, that don't worry about those which are asleep. Is that what it says? Let me turn over there quickly. I'm just to run a quick rabbit real quick. The Bible tells us over there in 1 Thessalonians in chapter number 4. But I would have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even, not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him also. Now, now the little rabbit, I'm, I'm talking about the simple fact that we can thank God uh, for the present and we cannot die. We get the very life of God. Uh, and I tell you, that it's, it talks about sleeping. Now, 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 we say, well, that's death. That, that. It is, and I've said it. But this week, I, I don't think it's death. You say, well, what do you mean it's not death? Well, hear me, hear me well. If you're sleeping like Waylon is right now, you're still, you're still, you're still alive. Right? I mean, if you're sleeping, you're still alive. And so... He's saying, don't, I would not be, have you be ignorant, brethren, uh, for them that are asleep, for God's going to bring them with him too. Uh, they're just sleeping. Uh, they're just sleeping. Uh, you ain't going to go in there. If the baby goes to sleep, you're not going to go over there and you're not going to say, oh, oh, they're just sleeping. Oh, they're never going to be back again. Uh, they're, no, no, no. He's just sleeping. He'll wake up eventually. Uh, and when he does wake up, uh, everything's going to be back fine. And I tell you, is that's what Jesus is saying. 
I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, for them that are sleeping. Because here's what's going to happen. They're going to wake up. And when they wake up, everything's going to be perfectly fine. Isn't that good Bible preaching? Amen. Thank the Lord. Look at the present. He can look at the present and thank God. Lastly, he can look at the promise and thank God. If, 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 if we were to read on. Which we're not going to. I'm going to preach on it next week. We'd find, of course, the promise that God had given to the children of Israel that will come to pass. And you know what it is. That's a simple fact that they're going to make it to the promised land. And we, we, we won't get into it now because we're going to preach on it some of the next week. But, but, but I believe he could thank God for that. Let me read one verse. And Joseph said unto his brethren, verse 24, Brethren, I die. And God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land into the land which he sware to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and he shall carry up my bones from hence. He was put in a coffin for 400 years. And he, was, he, was, he was there, he was. He was there. Not gonna get into it much. But man, it preaches a message. Because Joseph was there, and he might have been there a while, and he might have been, but remember, he was just sleeping. I'm loving how the Lord tied this together. Half this stuff ain't in my notes. I'm just going with the Lord. And I'm telling you, is that here they are, and they're getting ready. He's getting ready to die, but he knew that there was a promise. And there was a promised land. And guess what? God gave the promise. And he knew he would get there. He knew he would get there. You know, I ain't never seen heaven. Never have. Have you? I've never seen heaven. I see it through spiritual eyes when I'm reading Revelation chapter number 21. But I've never seen heaven. That's the New Jerusalem, by the way. Never seen heaven. I've never, never done, never done any of that. But I, I believe as a child of God that, that we, we could definitely thank God for the promises that He has given us and will keep. You know, you know. I mean, we, we, we have an even greater promise than Israel. We have a much better promise than Israel did. Our Lord uh, is preparing for us uh, and, and, and one day uh, He will return to get us. He, even, he may even come before we even face death. The physical. But even if He doesn't, death gets a grip on us someday. We can rest in the promise that while the body may return to the ground from whence it came. The soul will be with him. And that's an age-old question. People say, well, where will my soul go? And some people don't believe it can go to heaven. Some people, And I can't answer that exactly, okay? But here's what I can tell you. The Bible says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, but also in me. My father shall have many mansions, but when I saw, I told you, I go to prayer place for you. And if I go to prayer place for you, I will come again. Receive you unto myself. That where I am, there 
you may be also. That's all you say. You say, well, what are you talking about? Well, I don't know. I don't know where you, I, I, I don't know where God is. I, I know Jesus on the right hand of the Father. That's what I know. You say, where's God? I, I can't tell you exactly. But all I know is that wherever he is, that's where I'm going to be. And even in the end of my life, guess what? I can still say, but God. You know, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, it says, but, I mean, Ephesians chapter 2, it says, but God, who's rich in mercy. That's what I'm reminded of when I think about this. He said, but God, in Genesis chapter 50. In the beginning of Genesis, the beginning of Genesis, if you, if you look back and you know, the beginning of Genesis started with all life. Everything was living, right? It talked about the living creatures. It talked about the living people. It talked about the living God. It talked about everything was living, the living plants, the deer, everything that it talked about there. Everything was coming alive. It was birthed, right? In the beginning, God created. That means something is gaining life. I mean, he, <laughs> he recreated us. The Bible says... You're a new creature in Christ. Is that right? So, 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 so what I'm trying to say here, and I, I'm trying to be done, is that here's the simple fact. The end of Genesis is going to be the opposite. Death. It hinged on one thing. It would have started with life and ended with life if one hadn't sinned. You think on those things. All I'm telling you is I, I, I don't care which way I go. Be the clods or the clouds. I'm a winner either way, friend. I'm a winner either way. And, the, and we must hang on to the promises of God. We must hang on to them. We must carry on. We must finish well. And we must press on for the glory of God. You know the end's in, on the horizon right now. You believe Jesus is coming soon. I would hate to be, I would hate to be asleep on God when Jesus comes. I'd hate to be it. But Joseph left this world clinging to promises. He went all through all of those things, and he he saw the brothers past sins, and he saw the providential hand of God and the provision of God that the sovereignty brought down. Well, at the end, there in verse twenty-two, he looked at. I believe he looked back, and he said, "Hey." Man, I can look back at the past and thank God. I can look at the present, thank God. I can look at the promises, thank God. And that's what you and I can do tonight too. We can do the exact same thing. You say, well, I wasn't saved in my past. Well, that's okay. You can still look back at it and thank God you're saved now. You can look at the present and thank God that you're saved now. You got Your life's just begun. And you can look at the promises because, because you're saved now. You can thank God for those things. Stand to your feet tonight. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for what you do. Thank you, God, for giving us the opportunity to come to the house of God tonight. We ask you, God, to bless the message, bless the hearers, and pray, God, you take us safe out of our way. Lord, back to the house, Lord, tonight. Bring us back to the next appointed time. We praise your holy name. And thank you, Lord, that even in the end, but God. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.